everything you said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. wrestling on the wwe network uh we'll be looking at thanksgiving day star wars 1983 which is uh, a version of world class the super show uh back in the 80s they, they they ran christmas and thanksgiving a lot uh for a few years it was a hot a hot ticket and this is a world class's version um which is really interesting but hey i'm joined of course with kelly and johnny johnny how's it going man I'm doing great. Kelly, what's going on, man? I'm doing good enough to get this show done, that's for sure. Awesome. That's that's the spirit. Um, I found this show really fascinating, and we'll get into it all, but it was clearly designed for some blow-offs. They looked like they were transitioning feuds into new directions and starting new stuff. So we had a lot to a lot to um, digest here. What do you think, Kelly? You think of a lot going on? Felt like one of them, like it's like here's the, we're turning the page here and we're going in this direction type of show. Yeah, well, it, it feels like it ends a few things. Um, if you didn't know anything beyond Thanksgiving night 1983, you would have thought, yeah, a few things were definitely over, but we know what's coming up, so. But, yeah, um, there's some things that are, yeah, started and, and there's more to come. It was just, yeah, it was a cool card. Um, paid off a lot of stuff that's been simmering and going on for months and months. And, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I'm with you. What about you, John? You feel like it was like a card where we're seeing some blow-offs and then some new stuff and, and going forward? Oh, yeah, and especially, you know, considering that we're going to be taking a bit of a hiatus after this, it's the pretty much perfect timing to end where, uh, to take a break where we're, where we're ending yeah. this, you know, not to give anything away, but, you know, we started this little project, you know, it was the shits, the, the just the, the dregs of, of World Class in 82, and what we're waiting for was the Freebird feud to spark it, and now here we're ending Chapter 1 of that feud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the War and Peace feud. Um, we have pretty much the whole entire card. The only match missing, I believe, is the missing link versus Buddy Roberts. Can you uh, confirm that, Kelly? Uh, no, I, I can't, actually. I, I, I assumed, or actually, no, for some reason, I didn't even check the whole card. I don't know why. Um, okay. But, but oh, that'd be maybe, something up your alley. That's why. Yeah. Well, uh, I will look it up as we, we talk and go along. The man's so, been dying. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been dying. So I, I know uh, I'm just, you know, I just, I just <laughs> okay. 
Hey, well, I didn't know he was dying until today. Uh, <laughs> I know, I didn't usually, tell you know, This is something up Kelly's alley. Is this one I'm, well, here's I'm, what, I'm just pointing out. Here's what I'm finding interesting about that, because I never heard that before. So, no, I wish we had it, because I love Missing Link. But I'm like, did they do it? Is that a heel versus heel? Because Link was a heel at this time. Yeah. He was huh. officially into a Devastation Inc. No, oh, that's interesting. Really? But he did the job for him, so. Hmm. No, I, I did not know that at all. No, I didn't know Link was. I didn't know Link was in world class at this time. Yeah. Yeah. He, this is right when he's starting up, uh, pretty much uh, forming, getting into Devastation Inc. and stuff. Hmm. And I think kind of the writing was on the wall where they were going, because uh, it feels like they're transitioning out of the Freebirds. And it feels like they're trying to heat up Devastation Inc. to carry the main event, uh, main event for a while. Um, yeah, you're right, that, Pete. Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. That's the only match that okay. we didn't get. Link beat Roberts by countout. By countout, okay. So let's get into the matches that we do have, and we open up with this really interesting six-man tag. Um, with Jose Lothario, Cowboy John Mantel, Mike Reed versus Tonga John, Boris Zukov, and uh, Blackie Gordman, Black Gordman. Kelly, what what do you think of this, man? Well, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's back up a bit and maybe set the stage. Um, so th- this is from two episodes of the TV, the November twenty sixth episode, which was the f- one that followed uh, what we last saw was basically a highlight show. Um, I did watch was, uh, because the they had the sun. Part? Did you yeah, watch I had to, part? Yeah, okay. I, I had to. It was only like a two-minute long video of, uh, you know, recapping the history of Sunshine and Jimmy Garvin. That's all it took was two minutes, right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> um, the dubbed music actually sounded like it was – you know, conceivably from 1983. So that was that was a rare, uh, not too bad job by the WWE there. And then we had a repeat match of the Birds versus the Von Erichs from I think it was September. And then Kevin Von Erich versus Flair from I want to say April. I think it was that Fairgrounds or whatever that one show was. Yeah, yeah the Fair Show. So that was the November 26th episode. So the December 3rd episode is the first half of this um, Thanksgiving card. November 24th, 1983, of course, the same day as the first Starcade in Greensboro. So a huge night for wrestling. I'm thinking also the AWA had a big show because they did Thanksgiving shows. So pretty yeah, big. Speak for the AWA, but both the, this one and Starcade sold out. So. Yeah, I'm not sure if this one sold out though. Um, they they they, they claimed it did. Mercer was claiming a sellout. I I saw two numbers online. One was eighteen five, and then the other one was just over seventeen thousand. Still though, pretty damn good. Good uh, numbers. Yeah, I think a sellout would have been nineteen, so close. Okay. Um, the the next show, the Christmas Star Wars, it sells out. That's for sure. But. Yeah, um, huge crowd, nonetheless, in Reunion Arena. Yeah, what bothered me was whenever he was making those statements, it was like they were doing it before, almost before this card, even before the damn arena filled up. Yeah. Uh, it looked like <laughs> flying right off the bat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was pretty much, they were going to say sellout no matter what. 
going into this one. Um, I mean, they heated things up at good, right? You know, they peaked the matches for the show, but maybe they waited just a bit too late to get it all um, to the point where you would get a sellout. I don't know. Because um, you remember the months, you know, the couple months leading up to this uh, card weren't exactly the greatest of 1983 uh, world class, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Save for like the last week or two. Um, and we had the national anthem yes. performed by Ralph Pulley. Ralph Pulley. Did he yeah. not look like, I mean, if anyone ever looked like a youth pastor, it's fucking <laughs> Ralph Pulley. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. It was, it was a pretty fair rendition, I would say. Nothing, nothing cringeworthy. So, and it gives the show a big feel. Like, it feels like a, a major supercar. Hey, yeah, hey, he's no, he's no Donna Ganya, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so this first match, it's quite the collection of individuals here. Um, I, I had to laugh when I <laughs> saw who was involved. Um, the babyface side is a bit thin if we have Mike Reed as one of the three. But uh, he's, That's he's... the thing about these territories, man. They, kept, <laughs> uh, they would keep jobbers in there yeah. as part of their regular crew, and so... When they did these super shows, we didn't get a lot of outside help. You were kind of stuck with some of this stuff. And yeah. heck, if you, if you look at a lot of house show house show attendance, even on throughout, you see a lot of this type of stuff on a daily basis. Yeah, I think with world class, world class still has a significantly smaller roster than oh yeah almost um, everybody else at this point. Maybe outside of Memphis. Totally. Yeah, like I mean, Cornette used to always talk about how they'd run do these little spot shows with three matches on it where the, like the midnight would work twice. One of them would work a single and then they'd work a, a main event tag team and stuff. So, yeah. Um, that's how they did it. Yeah. And we haven't seen Boris Zerkov in ages. Wow. <laughs> He's <laughs> taken out of the, the mothballs for this match. Um, yeah. And this was okay. I mean, uh, Mantel, he was actually, you know, pretty good with his uh, face shine stuff. Jose was great. Nice pop coming in. Uh, he whips out what the kids are calling these days the Judas effect on Gorman, that back elbow. Uh, nice. New, uh, Didn't that spot get over huge? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jose's popping off punches like it's 1977. The crowd's going nuts. Um, things Break down, all six men are in the ring, and in the chaos, Mantel gets the pin on Zirkoff. This was fine for what it was. Uh, decent opener, crowds into it, um, all action. Wasn't There was no downtime at all in this match. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. You know, you got this, like, babyface early shine, then we get a little bit of a heat on, you know, they control it early, and then Reed gets in, and he... Gets like one, maybe one offensive move, and then he gets heat on him. Um, then we get back, and Mantel gets in on a hot tag, and he's like controlling the action with like the mid Atlantic uh, headlock where he works spots around it. Um, I, I thought Mantel looked really good here. I thought he controlled uh, the action a lot. Um, that elbow spot, the Judas Effect spot with Jose and Goodman, I mean, Gordman was freaking awesome awesome and mm -hmm. and they, they they capped that off by just an incredible jose punch 
the heels are focusing on Jose's back. So we actually got a double, uh, get a double heat here. Um, Jose starts nailing everyone with his punches. They're just feeding them. Um, I loved how um, uh, they 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 do they do some uh, this really they catch up to Mantel in the corner and Tonga Tong looks much Tonga John looks better here felt like he I don't know what it was maybe he just worked better in the six man and then it just breaks down and Mantel scores the pin it's really fun stuff I give it two and a half stars I I liked it, it they did a little spin on the normal psychology. Um, we got a couple of heat, heat segments, some shine segments. But overall, I thought it was a really good collection, just a, a meshing pot that did did a pretty good job. What are you, John? Where are you falling on this, man? Uh, it's so weird when I was watching this. I didn't take a lot of notes to start off because I was, when I was watching this, you know, I was watching, concentrating, totally thinking about something else. I was, I was contemplating my mortality, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I really was. And uh, just, so I was like, uh, who's this? Uh, Reed, Mantel, oh, Jose. I literally just kept looking up, is Jose in yet? Oh, great. And then Jose be popping motherfuckers in the jaw, and I'd be like, okay, cool. And then when it wasn't Jose, I just, my mind was drifting. But what did get me was Tonga John uh, doing the whole, telling the ref that the baby face is pulling his hair. He goes, hey, ref, he's pulling my hair. And I'm like, is that the most I've ever heard the barbarian talk in the ring? I, I think <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been talking, John. Yeah, and uh, and then speaking of Tonga John, fucking Mercer, he's he he keeps hammering home. He's like Tonga John, not a tall man. He's he's not a tall man. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's he's fucking gigantic. <laughs> not a tall man. I, I, the, granted, he's barefoot here. Maybe he wore lifts in his boots when he was uh, Conga and and in Crockett. But I remember that man walking by me down the aisle at the Philly Civic Center, and I may have been 16 years old, but I can still say that's a tall motherfucker. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he's the worst. And then that transitions us into a Von Eric brother oh, interview. Yes. What's going on, John? Oh, well, once again, poor fucking Mike. They're talking about Mike. They're all around the ringside around Mike getting ready to cheer him on for his big first match uh, against Akbar. And this is all, and this, is, this is the shit I like, though. The cut-ins, the cut they're, they they, they're doing these interviews uh, uh, before the show starts, maybe as some people are just drifting in, you know, and then they, they cut them in, which I, I, I kind of like that, so the crowd's not, you know, mm-hmm. going crazy around them. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And once again, I guess Carrie's like, he's the best. Okay, I think Carrie gets to this line. As if Carrie's not in the Von Eric family. He says this. He goes, he's the best amateur, you know, and he's from a real good family. I'm like, yeah, yours. <laughs> 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 and... And Mike's all just like, well, you know, I'm really, you know, not the best. You know, it's so awkward to watch. He's like, I'm really not the the best, but, you know. And then you got David. Oh, he's just shy. He's just shy. Or Kevin, he's just shy. I'm like, oh, you think you're bullying him into this shit. And uh, I'm like, and how's he going to do? And Kevin says, I didn't write the whole thing down because I just didn't have the heart to rewind it. But as far as, like, seeing how Mike is going to do in the ring. Kevin spits out this adage that I've never heard before. It's something like, 
Well, we'll see what it's like when they open the stable and the horse chews the cabbage. What? <laughs> and then it cuts away, and I just all I was feeling was bad for Mike. <laughs> it's definitely not Memphis Television. Uh, what? Uh, what? What do you think of this, Kelly? Uh, well, my only note is just a bunch of happy, good old boys. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was some well, great fun, there, Eric. Comedy. There, there, were, there were three happy good old boys. There was yeah. one that didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the Michael Hayes cutting promos. Um, then we get a we get a little uh, you know little little look in the crowd, and they announced Sam Munchnik for St. Louis. Yeah, we always yeah. knew he was tight with Fritz and stuff. And, oh yeah, uh, they talk about he got he gave Fritz his start. Yeah. And the fact that he's here instead of at the uh, Starcade event uh, kind of says a lot, huh? What do you think? Hmm. I didn't yeah, I didn't really. That. Yeah, I didn't think of that either. I mean, he'd been retired, I think, since the beginning of '82. Um, I think it was a New Year's Day. I remember Day they had show. that big uh, Sam Munchnik retirement show. Yeah, I think that was... it was headlined by Flair and Dusty. Yeah, I think it was New Year's Day, 1982. I don't know if he had much of a relationship with crockett at all um but yeah no i didn't think of that maybe maybe bob goggle is we're not inviting that son of a bitch much nick not on my watch <laughs> well you know the kingpin and the nwa not going to be there for a nwa title change you'd think mm-hmm. yeah a lot of stuff to think about yeah 36 years later, the political ramifications of this moment <laughs> finally set in. Wow. I was more, I was more uh, interested in the other distinguished gentleman they introduced who I've never fucking heard of. Because uh, there was two, two yeah. luminaries. And the other one is a, a man they, they introduced him as, uh, or Bill says, a known baseball administrator. What? Baseball administrator? And a, Football. And no, and then he goes now a football oh, yeah, administrator football. of the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah. Bing Divine, and there's booing just because they mentioned the Cardinals and Cowboys fans just booed him, you know, because I'm like Bing Divine. Who the fuck is Bing Divine? That sounds like the name of a second-rate uh, Reno lounge singer. Welcome, <laughs> Bing Divine, up in the the. Well, I mean, Munchnik did. Uh... He did travel in the real sports circles in St. Louis. Right. So oh, probably I'm, with somebody from the gym. I would imagine so. Bing Divine. Who who does is that your real name? Wouldn't you change it? Bing Divine. <laughs> I've heard of him. I guess he was the GM of the football Cardinals at the time. Who were you know, the, they were notoriously not a very good franchise. My brother is like, I was was living in uh, St. Louis at this time, and uh, we had my brother's the biggest Arizona Cardinal fan now, but he was a St. Louis Cardinal fan back then. And um, we would have our down the street, we had some of the players lived lived right down the street from us, so we'd go over and play football with them all the time. Oh, there you are. Well, I'll tell you what. So, uh, Pete, this be the holiday season. Uh, if you speak when you speak to your brother, uh, ask him if he knows who the fuck Bing Divine is. If he's that big of a fan, that's, that's a good one. I'll I'll see him in a few weeks next nice. week sometime. So, there we go. Then we get Mike Von Erich in his debut match for Skandar <laughs> Akbar. Oof! Take it away, Kelly. 
Okay, so this was legit Mike's first match. He had never wrestled before this. I should have looked this up, too. Um, if, if so, this was actually not bad at all. This was perfectly fine for what it was. Uh, Akbar makes Mike look like a million bucks, basically. Uh, it's not a fun match or a great match or anything that you need to see, but as far as doing something quick that gets Mike over, it was, uh, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, Friday, or no, and it's uh, Akbar gets, you know, heat on Mike finally and gets cocky and has Friday give him the whip. And then as he's trying to use the whip, this gives Mike a chance to roll him up for the pin. And one, two, three, that's it. Uh, Mike is made, I guess, in a way here. I was expecting like a, a borderline train wreck of a match. From the way just, uh, the dirt sheets have been buried this match for years, um, I really? can understand that, uh, your thought process on it. Here, Mike is very green and and, and well, yeah, doesn't obviously, he doesn't have any wrestling instincts whatsoever. Here, Akbar carried this match, and this is an Akbar who's a broken down manager at this point. Um, carrying Mike. This is although, thought, although I mean, Pete, although I expected him to be more flabby, and I, he's still like, no, he's still, he's a, still a thick man. He's not like some super yeah. out of shape guy. He's a, that's a thick, you know, barrel chested dude. But you got to think about it, and, and where I'm thinking, John, is that the, he Akbar in his prime was one of the guys who was always. Wrestling Danny Hodge. Oh, uh, right. oh, I know, I know. I just expected. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm saying I expected a Lou Albano build, not that. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, to me, this is all about Akbar stooging uh, for Mike, and I thought Akbar's heat was pretty effective here. But yeah, Mike's green, and but it was a nice payoff with uh, uh, with Mike. Then he getting a chance to whip Akbar, so I thought I liked that. Um, but yeah, but Mike was pretty worthless here, uh, and I, he didn't show any charisma, didn't show anything that the other skills that the Von Erich boys brought to the table. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's just, it's sad watching it from the beginning of what you know it's going to end. So it's kind of like chapter one on a bad, bad, yeah. bad beat. Well, and here's the thing though, and yeah, he he stunk, but. That crowd didn't give a shit. That's new Von oh. Eric boy, and they were cheering like a motherfucker. So there you go. But uh, fucking, uh, it, it would even it, it's just this is funny, but it's also infuriating knowing where what's going on with Mike and everything. No, no, no matter again, I don't care how much they're gonna say he really wanted to do this. No, he didn't. Fuck that. No, no. Uh, he just wanted to hang out. He was apparently before his fucking. Uh, he got his brain fried. He was just like a like fun dude who just wanted to hang out and shit and got pressured into it. Um, fucking Mercer describing him. Look at him. He's talking about Mike Von Eric like he's a Greek god in there. I know. He's like, look at him. He's six foot one, 215 pounds. Get, fuck you. He ain't, too, he ain't 215 pounds of my ass. You know, down at six one. He's five five nine, five ten at best. Yeah. He goes and he goes, Look at those shoulders and arms. He's obviously been in the gym hitting the weights. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I 
mean, he's in fine shape. Don't get me wrong. But no. Yeah. He's just, But he's not in wrestling shape. No. And they say, oh, and Mike Von Erger, he's done it all. Baseball, track and field, football, field hockey, tiddlywinks, you name it. Oh, he, he has all the knowledge. You'd say he teethed on it. I'm like, yo, you're making me sick. It's, it's and I'm not that, and it's not. This is not a because fuck you, Mike Von Eric thing. I'm just, I feel again, I feel terrible uh, for Mike. But holy shit, talk about the hard sell. This is oh, yeah. nuts. And he's easily, and I feel safe by saying this. He's probably one of the ten worst. Wrestlers who are who is over. Does that make sense? Hmm. I need to see more Mike because I really am limited in my Mike viewing. But we all know he'll stay over no matter what in the oh, territory because totally. he's a Von Eric. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, he might even be the worst all-time over wrestler I've ever seen. I mean, it's he. I mean, he, he has. I mean, he has moments, but most of our tag matches where there's other people doing the heavy lifting, but. God, God bless him. He was, he was born with a good name for the territory. Uh, but, yeah, it's a shame of what happens down the oh, line. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. Uh, at some point, Lorenz, he's talking about how nervous Fritz must be backstage, you know, you know, watching Mike. He's like, oh, Fritz must be chewing on a fingernail or two right now. I picture him going, Doris, give me your hand. <laughs> I need a fingernail to chew on. That poor woman. She's been through so much. And you know, and maybe if David didn't die so young, they might have Mike. They might have taken a lot more of you know short, shorter term with him. Yeah. And 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 groomed him more in ring uh, than kind of having to push him so hard uh, as the third brother because of what happened, which didn't help situations either. And the next matchup is we get the Super D's versus Iceman Parsons and JYD. You know, I've seen this match before, but my God, I didn't remember how hot of an angle they played here at the finish um, with everything. And we'll get into it because there might be a reason why I didn't remember this. Uh, hot, really? Because it's, <laughs> the finish is something. If this is the Von Erich, if I mean, if this was the Von Erich feud starting something, I think it's something we've been talking about for years, been talking about in the same ilk because this is a hot angle. Uh but it just it didn't work with because of the positioning um, and other stuff. And we'll get into that. But, Kelly, why don't you talk about the match and stuff? Yeah, there's a lot going on in this one. Um, right from the beginning, and I'm sure Johnny noticed this, uh-huh. you get you get a close-up of JYD, and he, and he just says, Tennessee. And then you hear, from Tennessee! <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> From Tennessee, <laughs> the junkyard dog. Wait, are you being serious? He's like, so fucking Mark Lorenz is like, yeah. Where are you from again? Holy <laughs> yeah, shit. yeah. Basically, like I, you couldn't hear who whoever said that. I, well, yeah, it must have been Mark Lorenz. Um, but all you heard was JYD say Tennessee, <laughs> and then the next thing you hear is Mark Lawrence say from Tennessee, the junkyard dog. Now I'm now I'm, so, pict- yeah. now I'm picturing junkyard dog like the old man in the band Arrested Development. You know, <laughs> okay, Arrested Development joke. The band some three people will get that. It's worth it. But then I got thinking later. It wasn't JYD from North Carolina. Maybe he was living in Tennessee at the time. I don't know. Beats me. A- anyway, um, 
So the good what guys. You think about it, maybe that's why he did a guest shot on, on Memphis television. Well, I know he started in Tennessee. That was his first territory before Calgary. Um, but who knows? Anyway, it was, it was funny. Um, so the good guys dominate uh, early, and then the heels get heat on JYD. And then um, he's he's working for a while. But by the time he gets the tag to Iceman, he, he seems legit gassed. And every time I watch a JYD match, I always have in the back of my head, oh, junk food dog. Oh, he must be, you know, you never know at what point he gets a little too into drugs and shit. Um, so, yeah, anyway, just if you watch this match, you'll see he's, he's huffing and puffing pretty good when he makes that hot tag. But he does recover and and, and makes a comeback. Um, Iceman hits the butt butt, but the heels break it up. And Iceman's posted. On the outside, he's busted open. So here's where the match starts to get interesting, because I, I kind of thought this was just going to be a run-of-the-mill tag match for some reason without uh, much uh, heat to it or, or, or let alone blood. So Iceman's bleeding. JYD's back. He's refreshed. House of Fire. Iceman's taken to the back. Of course, you know what's coming. If you've seen any wrestling from this time period, if someone's bleeding and he's taken to the back. He's going to come back spirit of 76 style. And he does. Iceman storms back with a bandage. JYD, it was pretty cool going, having to take on both super D's um, by himself. The crowd was super hot for all this. Iceman's comeback is, is met to a huge pop, but then this is where it kind of lost me. Cause then Bronco just stops the match as soon as Iceman comes back, basically. He DQs he DQs Junkyard and Iceman. But is that even announced? They, they just really... I think Mercer said it. So who yeah. knows? It's Mercer. But I remember thinking, I wrote them, why is that a fucking DQ? He's coming back to the rescue. I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah, the, like it ends really quick. I did um, it as the match got thrown out. Uh, yeah, that's what I kind of thought of, too, but... The, the call for the DQ was too quick, I thought. Because it was almost like as soon as Iceman got back in, it was like ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so, yeah. They, 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 the timing could have been better, but I think they, yeah. it threw it out because Iceman just charged the ring. He didn't get a tag in. He just right, in and then a brawl ensued, and I think the ref just was out of control and threw it out. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was. It just didn't look out of control. Um, if you're watching it on TV, yeah, it looked to me like two guys were beating up one guy and then another yeah. guy ran into even the odds and the ref said, Nope, can't have that. It, it yeah. You, you just needed another <laughs> minute of, of all four guys brawling and then the bell anyway. Yeah. So, it, and I and thought I, the bottom line is they're thinking no one's going to remember this to finish because this is the finish <laughs> with the damn angle here. Right. Um, cause then you have Akbar come into the ring and uh, Iceman's being held, and Akbar throws a fireball at Iceman. That's the first time we've seen that, mm. I believe, in uh, right in world shit. class. Right in his beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives him a, a fire shave. Um, and yeah, my last note is like, what was the ruling? Was it a DQ? Was it a double DQ? I'm anal about things like that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah it was a smart mark. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, this this was cool because um, yeah, you got an angle at the end, uh, you got a reason for a rematch, 
yeah, this was this was pretty cool. John, what do you think about it? Man? Uh, oh yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, the match stuff I thought was a lot of fun. It had everything I like: blood and fire. <laughs> you know, like Spirit of '76 comeback. You know, besides the the ending again, because it was all about the fireball. That Mercer said, "He goes, Akbar made a flamethrower on the Iceman." Like, oh, boy, you can't get nothing right, can you? It's just no, made a flamethrower on the Iceman. Uh, he also. When the, the match is starting, he's talking about Iceman, the, the, what Iceman has in his repertoire. He goes, he's got the thump thump. Uh, uh, the, the butt, <laughs> butt, uh, No, Junkyard Dog is thump. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You've been calling Iceman matches for six months or whatever. This guy shows up with thump on his pants, and now you can't. Fuck, it's confusing. Ugh. He also, as Junkyard Dog was fighting two-on-one, two he goes, the Junkyard Dog in there fighting vainly. He meant to say valiantly, and he said vainly. Uh, and then when Iceman came back, he he said, "What? What tremendous heroics! Like he is on fire. He's on, <laughs> he's on he, he's on fire, just much like Iceman's beard." Uh, and then as this, I love this as the Super D's are leaving the ring and walking to the back, they get the camera shot, and that crowd is pissed that they they set the Iceman on fire. Because uh, they are hurling soda bo- uh, bottles, no, you know, soda cups and shit. One cup of beer hits uh, one of the super D's in the face, and he just puts his arms up like, "Come on, throw it at me!" He's just <laughs> waving it in with his arms up, and I love when heels do that. When they're like, "Just throw it at me!" <laughs> I'm evil. Love it. Yeah, I I enjoyed the match, but what made the match was the freaking finish and the angle. Um, you know, you, you notice Vice Man is much smaller than JYD when they're standing next to each other. They usually Parsons mm-hmm. might be five foot nine, six five foot ten or something. Oh, yeah. JYD was a huge, Gog's, huge man. Yeah. Yeah. Gog is standing tall early. And Super D's just, you know, bumping for him. Ice is I love Ice when he does the drop down headbutt uh tease. I thought that was glorious. Um we got an early shine by the faces. Um, I loved how uh, the butt butt uh, set up uh, the Super D's uh, uh, set up their heat, uh, and Ice gets busted open, and uh, the Super D's are wrestling one on one, and they're attacking that cut, um, but they make the mistake to set up JYD's hot tag, uh, and at that moment the refs are checking on Ice, and they take him to the back, and JYD's fighting valiantly. I don't make that mistake. Uh, but it's two on, but two on one is too much, and the Super D's start working them over. Ice is back, all spirit of '76, and attacks, but the match gets thrown out. Crowd was hot, white hot for Ice's comeback, and this is, you know, the drama here is off the charts, and it's not about moves and this or what. It's all this is all about. This is a story. And when it's being laid out, this story, what they're telling is awesome when it comes to drama and and big moments. And then all of a sudden, he gets thrown out. Then Akbar comes up and throws fire at the Iceman. I'm, I'm like, this was a good, solid match. But that finish was white, freaking hot. And could you imagine if they did this to a, a Von Erich, how... Made in the territory, Akbar and Devastation Inc. would be. What do you think, Kelly? 
Yeah, for sure. A fireball into carry. Or... Having a Bonnie Eric have to sit out for a couple of months because their face is all burnt. That's not what happens to Iceman. Yeah. No, he's no. He's beard protected. No, he does. Being a mid card, ends up being a mid card dude. It ends up being Iceman and many different partners taking on the Super D's. And you know what though? You know what? That reminds me though, because in a lot of promotions, there was a guy. This is what they would call him. I think Arn Arn was talking about this. Which, well, by the way, I can't recommend enough uh, the Arn Anderson podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit. I don't want to do plugs about uh, this one particular thing. But he was talking about certain guys in certain territories, and they were called the gimmick guy. And that's the Jim. You're talking about Jimmy Valiant. And whether it's skill level or not is, is irrelevant. There's a, a guy who's the gimmick guy. Iceman's the gimmick guy here. He's that. Yeah. He's the gimmick guy, and the gimmick guys are the guys who get fireballs thrown in their faces, and then find partners to help get revenge on evil managers in mm-hmm. in, in a lot of territories. You know, you didn't see a lot of top guys t- get taking fireballs in the faces. You know, there's always a lot of mid, especially because they didn't want that missing dates. Yeah. yeah, at least yeah, at least yeah, that and it'd be at least in Mid Atlantic. I know Memphis, everyone was getting set on fire, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought this was super white hot, and it 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 just is just like man, if they would again, I felt like this thing would have gotten over huge if it was a Von Eric who had to miss some. Say he go, say Carrie goes on a tour of Japan, and they could say he's out doing a promo yeah. from the or have Fritz cut his promo from the hospital bed, and Fritz uh, would wear the bandages for him because <laughs> it. This thing was white hot. I mean, I thought I, I I was blown away. It's like one of these things. This was an angle that doesn't. No one talks about this angle. Do you ever hear anyone talk about this as under like one of the under great angles? No, but this was buried and on a stacked show. In a mid you know. card, yeah, yeah. Presentations, everything. You know, people talk about the carry cage match with Flair and that finish because it was the main event. It was shuffled, stuck in the mid-card. People probably wouldn't remember it as much. You know, It's so important where everything's presented and what you remember coming out of the show um, and, and, the, and positions everything. But, yeah, this was, it, wasn't, it wasn't positioned in the main event because it wasn't supposed to be a main event feud. It was supposed to be a mid-card feud. And, uh, and you know, it's, 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 you're right, Johnny. I think that Jimmy Valiant comparison is fantastic because when you think about it, Parsons used multiple partners like Jimmy Valiant. He goes, he's going through Devastation Inc. versus with the Super Destroyers. Yeah, it's it's and just I'm like sure Paul Jones. Multiple it, other people. It's Jimmy Valiant versus Paul Jones Army. It, it's the Army, same yep. exact formula. Yep, uh, you're absolutely right. When I, oh god dang, it was hot. It's my favorite formula, by the way. <laughs> then we get uh, Terry Gordy and Kevin Von Erich. What, what's going on here, John? Oh, okay. Oh, we're plowing right through. So, yeah, okay. Number one, Kevin must have two different ring jackets at this show. Because when he was walking Mike out to the ring, he on a he had on a blue jacket that said on the back, Kevin Von Erich. And he's entering in his ring jacket, which is the puffy thing that we're used to. And I was like, yes, he has a jacket for both occasions. <laughs> <laughs> snappy dresser. Uh, all, first thing I just wrote down about this match, I go, I, I wrote, well, this took a while. 
I, I liked it, but the first half of it, if, if you want, if you want to talk about people saying just all Kevin Von Erich and with just all Terry Gordy bumping around for Kevin Von Erich, the first half of this match, that's all this is. It's you all know, Kevin guzzling him, yeah. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, I think, but Gordy, knowing who he's working with, is also doing that dance with him and knowing what's going to happen to bring it around to where he's like, oh, spool, you know, you wascally wabbit, you've done it to me again, basically, for the first half of this fucking... Uh, and and, and you also got to think, oh, you also got to think, look, the Freebirds are finishing up. So their goal right now is to make the Von Erich look as strong as possible. Right. But I think we've probably seen this before with these two. So it's, Oh, yeah, we have. Um, so, but then... So you can justify Kevin, Kevin being more, taking yeah, uh, yes. more now because yes. he's got to look strong coming out of this. Yeah, it but, makes more sense given the place of what's going to happen, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is, like, getting back to what that arm, uh, what arm was talking about. He was. T- they were talking about guys calling it in the ring back in the day, and he was saying, "He's like, we really didn't talk that much. You just knew what to do. Be- being a trained professional, by knowing if you're going to do this, then you do this. If you're going to mm-hmm. do this, then you do this, and you feel the crowd. And you didn't have to talk to each other. You only called. Yeah, maybe I was listening to, to, to Shane Douglas um, on YouTube, and he was talking about when he was tagging with Steamboat, and they were working. Austin Pillman, and they'd, they'd get if they'd have the finish, and then they'd pretty much just say Ricky would go, "Hey, let's we'll work the leg today. Let's work the arm or, or something." And that'd be, and that's that'd be all they'd do, and then they call it in the ring. Yeah, just and uh, yeah, and, and again, calling in the ring a lot of times doesn't involve speaking. It's it, it's truly a in um in improvisational trained routine sort of thing with yeah. trusted partners who were, you don't need to talk. And that's the art of wrestling. And Arn, Arn, Arn explained it far better than I just tried to. So everyone tune in to uh, Arn uh, last week, whatever it was about. Anyway. Oh, it was about 1985. Uh, uh, yeah, Starcade. Starcade. So there you go. Um, so anyway, then Kevin takes a, uh, goes back and forth and back and forth. And I was enjoying this more, but then here comes, Fucking uh, Buddy Roberts comes in and and uh, they're gonna break his fucking uh, uh, claw hand. They're trying to break Kevin's fucking hand, which I'm loving. They're just like I'm like yeah, just break his hand on the way out. And then here comes Carrie and David. Carrie in his brand new, at least I think the brand new. You, you know something special is happening tonight because Carrie's got new gear. He's got silver Flash Gordon panties. You know those things are <laughs> shiny silver. They say Carrie. I don't know, I've never seen these, those before. That's amazing yeah. kind of gear. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what, <laughs> approaching this the way I was uh, talking about j- j- earlier, I was watching what they were doing. Because it's easy to get guzzled up by Kevin Von Erich. If you're as good as Terry Gordy and you know how to work with that guy, then you can still put on an amazingly entertaining match because you know what he's going to do. And there was one point in this where, uh, Gordy gave Kevin a stiff fucking knee lift, uh, just to remind him. Yeah, it was a boot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I wrote. I wrote down boot. That was it. He yeah. gave him a. He, I was wondering why I wrote down boot. <laughs> he gave him a boot just to remind him. All right, calm down, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm fifty pounds heavier than you. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Kelly, what did you think of the match? Uh, well, so this is from the second show um, on the network, December 10th. This is the first match on it. Uh, well, my first note is it feels like we've seen this match a million times. We have. Before we have, <laughs> yeah. Uh, these two guys, for sure. Um, you had Carrie and Hayes. They wrestled a million times. Kevin and Gordy wrestled a million times. Uh, but still, no, this was a good match. And, and to Kevin's dominating early, for me, it's him doing a, a Bob Backlund-style match. Like, I doubt that mm. he was emulating Bob yeah. Backlund. But it was a total Backlund-style domination. Kept that going back to the liked, arm. Uh, when, we were on the, when we worked uh, on the Death Valley Driver, that's the thing that stood out with us with Kevin, was he could do a lot of fun stuff on the mat like Bob. But yeah. for the most part, Bob's stuff more made more a lot more sense for connect for connectivity issue wise as opposed to Kevin. But but go on, man. Yeah, I guess well because Backlund was supposed to be the the ultimate mat technician and the the best wrestler, and and Kevin's not. He's never really been presented as such, uh, but he wrestles that way sometimes, but not yeah. always. Uh, here tonight, he chose to be technical, Kevin. For the the first ten minutes or however long it went, but that that was fine. Gordy's good uh, as as someone who can be in a hold for a long time and make it interesting. Um, and then we get a second half where it's just back and forth action with uh, both men struggling to maintain an advantage. So this is where it really got good. And uh, of course, Kevin put him away with his special uh, reverse body press off the top, and then we get the post-match stuff that Johnny talked about. Yeah, this, this was, this was good. Even though going into it, I was, I was not really too interested in seeing these guys go again, but no, it turned out fine. Yeah, I'm with you. I give it like two and three, four, two and a half. Um, I mean, I dug the arm drag exchanges and Kevin's after the arm and you can see, yeah, but Gordy snaps off that nasty big boot. You know, huge reaction to Gordy getting caught up in the ropes. Just a stewed spot. Oh, yeah. Crowd goes nuts. That's just it. That's what I mean. What do, you yeah. do, what do you do when he wants to wrestle that way? Stooge. And get the crowd yeah. totally in, involved. That's how good Terry Gordy is. And then, then this is the here where this makes no sense here. Is like, why the fuck would Kevin want to do a test of strength with Terry Gordy? When he's out outmanned by 50 pounds and... And five inches. I, I just don't hey man. understand hey man. See, that psychology. You see these guns? You see these guns? <laughs> you see these guns, brother? He's a big flabby guy. I got these guns. I'm a Von Eric motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I can buy so that. I roll my eyes at that spot, right? But even so, I will say they do a great job of engaging the crowd with it, where the crowd's totally engaged by what they're doing. Uh, and then we get a big knee to Gordy's... Uh, hand and then thereafter Gordy's thumb to take away the spike. Uh, but finally, uh, Gordy has a big lariat to set up his heat. But Kevin ain't the most patient uh, face in peril, and he's back uh, fighting. He's fighting. So you know what? If you're gonna keep Kevin down, you got to beat on him. Uh, and then Kevin really wasn't having any of that. Lots of moments um, here. Uh, I liked a lot of the elements, but it just like I just didn't feel like it was fleshed out enough. Um, and post match, that was a fun little angle. 
uh, uh, Cody and Buddy beating on Kevin and attack the claw hand. David and Kevin save. David and Carrie save. Nice piece of business. Um, I think it's, it's, but you know, it's like one of those things while the feud's fizzling out. Uh, maybe hopefully it pays off. Uh, this little this little piece of business, but I just don't. I I just don't know. We'll see. Um, then we get a David Von Eric interview. What what's going on here, uh, John? Oh, so yeah. Again, the way Mercer pronounces Kamala, and he goes, "You're about to enter the ring with Kimala, Kimala." It just uh, <laughs> grates on me. So I didn't write this whole down, but here's the gist of this interview. We've been talking for weeks about the bonkers booking going on with Kamala, how it really doesn't matter, but looking at it through our eyes, it's it's crazy, fucked up. Well, this interview sort of encapsulates that. As Mercer's saying to him, well, you know, you're facing the mighty Kamala tonight, you know, you've, you're the only one who's beaten him, you've beaten him all right, and so how are you going to beat him again tonight? Basically. And I'm like, okay, what's the, do you see the problem here? I'm like, there's, you're like, well, you beat him. What's next, David? You're, oh, well, fight him again tonight. I'm like, okay. Uh, it, makes, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. And then David turns around. He's an Akbar. You've been doing a lot of talking about getting the claw banned, but guess what? It ain't banned. Like, where was he doing this talking? Because we haven't heard this <laughs> fucking talking. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, I was just sitting there baffled at this. Instead of like, how are you going to face down the mighty Kamala tonight? It's just like, you've beaten before. How are you going to do it again? Maybe it was happening on the other show because I was also, all of a sudden there was like this, Body slam challenge. I don't yeah, remember that, hearing that, it. That's yeah, right. That, that's right. That came up out of nowhere. That's right. <laughs> Kelly, what do you think of the? I I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It was just David, um, and then it leads us into the David Von Erich versus Kamala match. That this program is again, like John was hitting on, it's just been booked so fucking bad, and. <laughs> I mean, they've already had David have Kamala run off, run away from the claw. Yeah. And here they pretty much use David as setup fodder for Carrie <laughs> um, to come in and and slam him in a big. Uh, of course, it's not it's not a, not during the match, but Carrie now is a claimant to the ten thousand dollar body slam challenge. No, they announced it. I never they heard are- about. They literally announce it as it's like fading away. They announce Curry Von Eric is now ten thousand. Akbar must pay him ten thousand dollars or some shit. Yeah, I'm just like, holy fuck! It is Von Eric night. It's probably, uh, probably something that's been on the other TV. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but it, uh, it is to me that using David is almost like fodder for set up fodder for. I don't. I mean, I, this has just been booked so bad. I mean, first they have Kamala <laughs> running away from David. Here he can't beat Kamala. His brother's got to come out and save him. Um, so I, I have no idea that this, this program is just stinks. Workers, uh, <laughs> but the whole entire booking process it just makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, Kelly, why don't you talk you talk about whatever you want about this match and other things? 
He he's <laughs> washing his hands of this entire Von Eric Kamala thing like he's Pontius Pilate. Yeah, it's just big zero. I mean, this is like woof. Yeah, I, I by the end of this match with Carrie coming out and and getting involved, I kind of could understand what the Candyman was maybe thinking if this was a Candyman creation. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess it was. Because, yeah, going into this match, uh, my first notes is like, I don't have much interest in this because David's already beat Kamala. You know, why not have Kamala remain undefeated going into here? Yeah. You know, and if anything, Kamala should have beat David at some point prior, you know, so that David's got something to come into. You know, he wants revenge and Kamala's and, a killer. And if the ultimate goal is carry, maybe Kamala should have been going over beating David. Yeah, but there's well, if there's a few the bigger match. If the bigger dream match is yeah. Terry versus Kamala. I, 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 I'm, uh, well, I, isn't I, this, this aren't this aren't they? Son they're, of they're, well, aren't they? Sorry, they're they're, <laughs> they're trying to transition David off of Kamala so he can fight Flair. I was gonna say yeah, because Flair right. and David is the main event for. Christmas Star Wars. And they want It's one of those things where they book themselves into a corner, I think. So then they want Carrie, since we know what's gonna happen with the Freebirds, we gotta push Carrie on to Kamala because he's believe it or not, the top heel now. <laughs> yeah. They obviously or Candyman obviously started something and then changed his mind halfway through because yeah we're getting something different here yeah this is definitely coke fueled here's what happened here's what happened the Freebirds gave their notice that's what fucking happened <laughs> yeah i don't know this was okay because you know david gets juice um kamala bites the cut it's actually a pretty good crimson mask by david we get uh, more blood um than we normally get from world class mm. tonight. Um, save it for the big shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Because when you think about it, the big shows, you're, everyone's going to be. You know, the TV disappears. And the big shows uh, are the ones where you, you know, you you bleed and you do your big angles. I mean, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we've had blood and fireballs, and it's and we got a cage match coming up. It's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, DQ for. Uh, Akbar and Friday getting involved. Carrie makes a save. Yeah, then we get the uh, magical new body slam challenge um, stipulation out of nowhere that Carrie and they no they say Kamala owes Carrie ten thousand dollars. So you just imagine, Kamala. oh yeah, Kamala's just pulling off rolls um, out of his. Uh, Loincloth or whatever. Yeah, no, Kamala's trying to hand That's him his, his, his money belt is. is that <laughs> he's trying to hand him his mask and his jewelry because that's the currency in Uganda. Oh, there, yeah, there and we then, go. And he's, this poor confused man. <laughs> this poor confused man. Hey, if he had shoes, they'd take those too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I guess the less said about this whole angle and feud between. David and Kamala, the better. Uh, I mean, fans will forget. Fans probably already forgot. Um, it's going to be Carrie and Kamala. But now Carrie's already slammed Kamala, so yeah. why? Oh, yeah, that payoff's gone, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this is the one 
But I guess the payoff is we know the babyface can do it, but now can he do it in the ling ring when it's legal? I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't it's know. Kind of <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it, I, again, I don't think there was one person in that crowd who was considering any of this. No, no, I'm with you. No, <laughs> well, no, I'm sure there was because I know even. Oh back yeah, then, okay, there I guess been. there was because Meltzer was at the show. Besides, oh yeah, no, that's Meltzer, right. Besides yeah. Dave Meltzer, no one else in this crowd <laughs> gave a fuck about. We this. forgot to mention that. Yes, Meltzer was live and in attendance this evening. Yeah, I'm sure True. we just kind of used a bunch of his talking points from 1983 in our talk about this match, but uh, yeah. That's funny, but um, yeah, no, it's Kamala's been strangely mistreated after uh, being really booked great at, in the first few. Hey, right, and let me. All I have to yeah. add, all I have to add, is one more thing. Not only that, Kamala bleeds like a motherfucker in this match. Oh yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Which, how often did you see that? Really? Yeah. And here's what made him bleed: the claw. Not yeah, a, that's the, pretty awesome. Not a look, that claw is so fucking powerful, dude, that it squeezes the side of your head and makes your forehead explode. That's fucking powerful. Because <laughs> he's not bleeding from the ears or anything that makes sense. He's bleeding from <laughs> right above his eyebrows from the claw, as if as if. They, David has a razor blade in his palm. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, honestly, the match itself is pretty solid. Uh, I liked it. But, it, God, it, I mean, the booking just, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to book, take the booking out of it. I really like the big exchange of start. Both guys throwing bombs. Both guys have a fun, I mean, right from the beginning, a fun give-and-take match. David's bump to the outside, which is fantastic, really mm. putting Kamala's strength over. <clears throat> David's busted open, and then Kamala's attacking that cut. Kamala's biting it. David hits the claw out of nowhere, and Kamala's bleeding from the claw. Shenanigans happen. Carrie saves and slams Kamala. Thinks he's ten grand richer. He is. Still don't understand the psychology of this feud. David is fodder for Carrie and and should get ten thousand for for this. I don't know. Yeah, um, this is no. This is the Von Erichs night. This night, this Thanksgiving, we're all gonna give thanks that the Von, the Von Erichs receive everything they wish for. This is <laughs> this is a Von Erich night. They they win everything. Get ten grand, much. the whole nine yards. This would be if this if there was an internet around and this is on national television. Oh. We would hear it later. I mean, you said that people thought Roman Reigns was pushed too hard down people's throats. I can't imagine. Well, uh, just, just, just imagine these angles. Just imagine if Fritz had a daughter who was helping out around the office. Imagine the terrible things people would be saying about her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, Kamala is a guy who needs to be treated like a special attraction, and they've kind of like they're almost stripping him of all his aura. It's yeah. What. I'm surprised they they might as well just might as well have wiped off the makeup and have them wear regular trunks, uh, <laughs> taking everything away from them already. Um, then we get a Chris Adams interview followed by a Jimmy Garvin interview. Uh, uh, John, what's what? Tell us about it. Okay, well, amongst um, 
uh, body slam challenges we didn't hear about and uh, the other thing we didn't hear about. She's precious now. Yeah. From, I, I was wondering if they did that on the previous show you watched, Kelly, but apparently that was a music video. Uh, Mercer may have mentioned it. I wasn't paying close okay. attention. Well, this is just it. Adam's just, he's like, he's doing his interview and he's like, you know, I said, you and if Precious gets in the way. And that, that just, you know, as if that's always been her name. Like, okay, she's Precious. And then, you know, it's pretty short and to the point, you know, so, you know, oh, I'm lucky man because I got sunshine with me and I'm going to take the damn belt and yada yada. And, uh, then it cuts to Garvin and he's doing his quick one and he's, and he's, he's, He's like, and Precious here, you better stay away from her, you know, the sunshine, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then he ends it with, and he draws it out. You know, sunshine, you stay away from her. And he goes, you poor excuse for a woman. <laughs> it's so over the top that I I love it. And then this leads us into a match. With Chris Adams versus Jimmy Garvin. And we have Adams with Sunshine. Garvin has Precious. This is like a big match. Uh, yeah. One of these things is like to see how over this feud is. And by God, Kelly, is it not, it's over huge. What What's going on here? Yeah, it's over huge. It's also for the American title. So it's, yep. it's got that going for it. It's also, yeah, your, this... work, it's also your work rate match. Yeah. It's your work rate match. It's a match where I was like going into it. And I'm like, I wonder what they're gonna do here on mm-hmm. the finish because it's a it's you could have gone in eight billion different directions except beat Chris Adams here. Um, <laughs> as they could have gone a double count out. They could have done a fuck job on Jimmy Garvin. They could have done this or that. But no way they because Adams is the babyface. They can't have him lose right off the bat here with. Especially when he gets sunshine in his corner immediately. So uh, other than that, I I, I was just curious on how, what they were going to do because I wasn't sure if they were ready to beat anybody quite yet. But Gar, either way, I mean, like Garvin's so over, he can he can handle doing a job. It's because he's so over and oh, can yeah. talk, and they have so much other elements going on. So yeah, so I was just you know. I was just curious on what they were going to do. I mean, I knew what they were going to do, but I was in my mind, I'm like, okay, bing, bong, boom, I was thinking ahead. What do you, but go on, Kelly, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, this was the, the total right result. You know, you had to go with Adams winning with Sunshine because um, this had peaked in the previous weeks. We talked about this. Sunshine's turn put this feud into overdrive, made it arguably the hottest thing in the territory. And yeah, so Adams comes out with this hybrid UK USA cape. cape. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was okay. When, when, he, when he walks out, all you saw was the front, and the front was just blue with stars. And I was mm-hmm. like, "What are you fucking Merlin? What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and yeah. then it cut from the back. It's the Union Jack on the back, or as Bill calls it. The stars and bars are the English stars and bars. I'm like, oh, uh, oh uh, my god! Uh, uh. I've been, I've been totally just. I, I don't even notice Mercer's commentary anymore. I've, I've just toned it totally yeah, zoned I've out. Been of. able to zone out of bad. Yeah, because <laughs> I've missed a lot of these ones. bad ones. Stand out. I mean, the bad ones. There's just so many more bad ones than good ones. The good ones stand out because they're good. 
the bad ones just throw them on a wood pile and I just kind of ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. Is that my nickname, Woodpile? Because I'm the only one who listens to this asshole. <laughs> it was just month after month of horrible commentary. Finally, I just was able to finally block them out. Yeah, um, you should be able to block man. You grew up on what's his name? Uh, oh, Whalen. come now. See, Ed Whalen was a million times better than Bill Mercer. My ass, but go on. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, and, well, he was. and my that's thing the, is, that's I, what I, we call the business a cultural bias. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm telling the truth. Um, but we're not going to get into an Ed Whalen. Yeah, luckily, you know you can see your nose growing. Okay, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, I, you know, I, I'm American. I'm going to be discerning. I've heard my fair share of both. Uh, Mercer's worse. Yes, see. Yes, thank I you, mean, It doesn't matter. Either they're both bad. I mean, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not bad uh, We'll save this for when I come back uh, in a couple months. We'll have a Ooh. debate. Um, ding a ding ding a ding ring a ding dong dandy. See, I would have done. We 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 didn't get to do the place to be nation so Christmas bad, play. Mario uh, Ronaldo takes uh, takes steals that line. So that's okay. how bad it. Was. Oh, let me just say this: If Bill Mercer tried to say ring a ding ding dong dandy, he'd have a stroke. <laughs> so his tongue would twist so hard that he'd choke on it. There you go. That's the deciding point right there so to the match uh this was actually pretty short maybe seven minutes long um sunshine gets her own entrance which was uh key i thought she had to come out um and be her own star because she's really gotten over huge as we've discussed in the last few weeks uh the crowd is just red hot before this standing just ready to go and adams dominates uh, in the early goings, armbar, crowd is just roaring from the opening bell. Um, Precious interferes and almost costs Adam the match. This is where Sunshine gets involved. Um, yeah, this this match actually went really quickly. Sunshine, uh, I think she clawed Garvin's eyes mm-hmm. while uh, David Manning was distracted, and so this leads to Adams getting the pin. And yeah. Crowd goes wild. We got a new American champion. And post match, uh, <laughs> Sunshine earns even more awesome points by slapping Manning in the she face. Punch, yeah, she punches yeah. David Manning's Weasley face, and I what, jumped out of my chair and I was like, if she couldn't possibly be more over and better, fuck him up, Sunshine. Yeah. And Adams gives her a kiss on the cheek. You know, they're, they're not going. All the way with them being a couple, uh, it was just uh, it's, it's a partnership right now. Chris, I was That's... like, "Have you seen the state of me and the state of her? I pulled much better <laughs> at the bar, mate." <laughs> but yeah, this is fun stuff. Uh, total feel good, happy ending for uh, Adams. He's been chasing the title for quite a few months now. So and then uh, Sunshine got come up. It's on. Uh, on um, Garvin, but her and Precious didn't really mix it up too much, so they kept them apart mm-hmm. for the future. Uh, yeah, so there's still a lot of gas in this feud. Yeah, going just forward. round one. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage one. Totally. Kelly, I mean, John, what what about you? What, okay. what are your thoughts here? Any- uh, okay, so Adams comes out in his cape, and then Sunshine comes out, which is, in a way... 
in modern like WWE, if they were like if Chris Adams would come out and then like it's a, it'd be a surprise that Sunshine was coming out, but it wasn't a surprise because she comes out by herself and she just looks annoyed. And I was wondering if she was late. <laughs> just, it's already the start. It's already the start. Yeah, get call Stella May. We're gonna need her. <laughs> She's showing up late. <laughs> and and I'm just gonna say this. I know there's the sunshine precious debate about who had more chemistry with Jimmy Garvin and all that. I'm gonna say here's why precious is. Uh, I prefer her not just because of the you know reasons I've stated in the past. Uh, I think she's a better heel valet. She's annoying. She's screechy. Like, you get her away from me. Da, da, da. She's annoying. Remember, one thing we always noticed about Sunshine was no matter what she was doing, she seemed like a nice girl. This is a much better role for her. It has this like, this un, pretty unheard of the good uh, good guy valet creation that Fritz came up uh, with here. That fits her much better than being a bad guy. So I prefer Precious as a heel valet. And um, WWF, when you think about it, WWF took this formula and made Elizabeth and Savage out. Yeah, well, that was yeah. a unique way to do it, you know, exactly, you know, with, with Elizabeth and Savage. Uh, um, but, you know, she was clear, like, she was clearly a guy. I mean, Sunshine sprayed the substance and all that shit, but you never really bought it. Because, you know, she seemed like the uh, the girl from who should be singing, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect <laughs> harmony, you know, <laughs> And, yeah, Sunshine's a gal you'd like to go hang out with. Yeah. Precious, I, you, would, you don't even want to be near oh, her. Oh, no, no, honestly. I want to be near her, all right. Oh, in, okay. in ways that you don't want to hear about. Just involves okay. tongues and no, assholes, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. But I even, I thought, but during, in the middle of this match, Bill uh, Mercer goes, we've just gotten word from David Von Erich. Ric Flair has beat Harley Race. So they gave an update. To what was going on at the same time at Starcade, yeah. and apparently David's the one who found out. And I'm K. I love. I I just pictured kayfabe at this point. Like it's all real. And David Von Erich, he's just he's been hanging out backstage by a payphone, waiting <laughs> for fucking phone. Oh, let's see what's happened with that fucking match because he knows he's got a match with one of them next. And he's the one that got the got word from the Greensboro Coliseum and ran out to ringside. I'm gonna be fighting Flair, motherfucker. <laughs> I loved I loved that little bit. Um, and I love the finish. Garvin runs into the ropes. Sunshine grabs him by his mane, and and holds on. And he does a flat back bump because of that. It wasn't clear until you saw the replay. Uh, and that was how she, she cost him the belt. She cheated, you know, which is cool. But she did it by grabbing onto his hair and him like falling and then, uh, and then, uh, Adams beat him. So, uh, I, I thought this was great. Seven minutes was perfect time for this. Everything, everything worked perfectly. It was exactly what yeah, they, happened. They, they didn't, they didn't need to have a blow away match. Cause this is stage one where it's, they're still setting up the feud and 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 they're playing around with it and and twisting things up for us. So yeah, we didn't need that epic match. Sometimes people uh, then people's first matches they're trying to give us and they give us everything they have and then they have nothing left in the tank. Here we get it's it's still they do a good match like a three star match and they have plenty left in the tank uh, mm-hmm. for further stories. So they, they they're 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 not you know they're not. 
it's not a sprint here. They're having they're having a marathon of a feud, mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of other beats they got to hit. So why right. run through your whole gauntlet on right. match one? And so we didn't get that here. And, and, I like and, 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 the arm. Uh, real, real quick, I just want to add one last thing before I, yeah. I, I pass it on to you. So this goes right into the end of this episode of TV before we, and it cuts to Bill Mercer, and his all he says is, as he says, he goes. I'm Bill Mercer. So long, world. And I'm like, I hope that's his. Sui- I, that, I hope that's his suicide note. That's it. I'm Bill Mercer. So long, world. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And then we have uh, Adams working the arm, and this is a nice little callback because he we did that interview when we first met him, um, having tea at the, and he's being interviewed mm-hmm. by. Uh, but Bill, Bill. Yeah, at, the, the at the airport, at the airport, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they mentioned his brother being uh, teaching Olympic judo uh, holds, uh, key locks and stuff, arm locks, joint locks, and here we go. We see Adams working the arms. We have a little callback to that, which I doubt the callback was that to that, but it's still nice to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, the other thing I like is I loved how they shot the ballets at ringside. It's like they were teasing something to come around just because you're like, okay, they're showing them something's going to, but something's up. So I enjoyed right. that kind of foreshadowing. I liked how Adams transitions the arm lock into a Fujiwara. Uh, I like Adams controlling early, just good basic stuff. Garvin's heat was good and used well uh, for the crowd uh, to chant for uh, for Adams. Like, you know, he's he's immediately uh, hooks on a headlock or, or a chin lock or something. Enough where, you know, you're not doing much with it, but the crowd's getting engaged because it's going so short. You know they don't need a rest hold here, but they go into a rest hold, but it's not truly a rest hold. It's to get a re- to get a reaction of them chanting for Adam. So it's uh, Garvin just putting his body weight on Adams, and it just works here. Um, I loved uh, the, uh, the the super kick. Um and that was a great spot to set up the big cat fight and the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall, just really smart work. Um, again, three stars. Again, left so much left, so much in the tank that you have a lot more uh, some ebbs and flows of this of this feud inside the ring and and with the promos and vignettes. It's it's a, something that's going to carry the territory for a good bit. Then we get the main event of Kerry Von Eric. Versus Michael Hayes, and this is located on the uh, May fifth, nineteen eighty four episode of World Class Championship Wrestling. Yeah. It's a loser leave town cage match that I truly believe this might be the greatest blow off match ever. And 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 when you combine the action with the booking, it, it was like it's almost like it's like uh, symmetry or um, peanut butter and jelly in a way. It just it's everything it, it it's it, it, it's layered straight in ring. Yeah, it's layered straight. But story all the telling. check box check check it checks all the boxes on the payoffs of this feud, and it's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, Kelly, why don't you talk about the match and all that stuff? Yeah, so this uh, yeah this aired quite a few months later. Um, it was a basically a history of the Von Erichs versus um, Freebirds feud episode. 
is where this finally came to light. And it's joined in progress. I don't know how, how much we missed. Maybe the first two minutes. Okay. So then this one was uh, fought at a really brisk pace, too, uh, because this doesn't go too long. 11 minutes. Yeah. something. That's crazy. Um, but this is a great superheated brawl that, you know, this had to be uh, for the – well, this, you know, we know it's not the end, but it's it, in a way it's the end. Um, it's the same building, Reunion Arena's Christmas 1982, where it all started with the cage, with Hayes as the referee for Flair and Carey, and uh, Gordy's out on the outside. He was the keeper of the key or whatever, and he slams he slammed the cage door into Carey's head, and we were off to the races from there for the big feud that's taken up all of 1983, basically. So, yeah, we've come full circle. Fritz is at ringside. Um, Gordy comes down eventually, so you can see everything falling into place. Um, Hayes is busted open. Bloody mess, perfect with his blonde hair. Totally flare-esque, crimson mask. Um, then you get Roberts down, too. He's got brass knucks to toss in. Um Carrie gets the knucks, though. Knocks out Hayes. Uh, Buddy's crotched on the top of the cage. As <laughs> only he could do. Um, great stuff. I mean, you gotta admit, what a bump, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I went, what is he doing? When he climbed up to the top of that cage, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then he crotches himself <laughs> On top of the goddamn of those that old cage, and then falls to the yeah. fucking ring. I fucking went, holy shit! That was the most. That was one of the most insane spots I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. This is how you book a blow off. Like the crowd gets so many uh, pleasing moments here. Roberts gets crotched. Um, then of course you get the big full circle moment with Fritz slamming the door, cage drawn Gordy. So Gordy gets, uh, you know, hit in the head with the cage uh, door. So he, there's um, come up, it's there. And and then you get, of course, Hayes getting knocked out with the knucks. He's bloody and he gets pinned. Gary wins. Yeah, pretty much the perfect ending uh, to the feud, which, of course, it wasn't. But at the time, nobody knew that. And, yeah, this this was for all intents and purposes on the night this was the end of the feud um well you know mileage varies on on how they do when they bring it back um there's some pretty big moments still to come of -hmm. course but uh, we get a lot of diminishing returns too but yeah for one night for thanksgiving 1983 for hayes and carrie in the cage this was perfect uh great stuff uh, yeah, very memorable. Totally the perfect way to book it, and yeah, great stuff. Really good. Yeah, what a book end of it. Yeah, and yeah, and so many postage stamps. Like the part of my, uh, statement I'm gonna steal. Uh, congratulations on his baby. Um, yeah, I saw that child. I saw the picture. Uh, what a beautiful child. Are you sure it's his? But I'm bum bum. But so many postage stamp moments uh, in the uh, booking of this match. Uh, John, anything you want to add? Oh, uh, yeah, a lot. Um, first time I ever saw this match was on the DVD VR Texas set. Uh, 
that was one of the smaller ones. I have more memories of that set than I do a lot of the other ones that were gigantic. Because that one was one of the smaller ones, and this stood out to me because I was like, I've never seen this before, and it blew my mind. Was this the same footage, or was that different footage? It's the same footage, but this one is uh, one one the one that uh, made that thing was wasn't as crisp as this. I mean, this oh, is okay. Oh no, no, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, the footage wasn't as cleaned up as this one. Right. So they, they didn't have this episode up on the network when the set was made. Um, so what it was I, what, on, it was firsthand footage. No, what what I meant was what I meant was was the one for the DVD or VR set from the television or was it a different? different it was from the television. Was same, it the full so ten the minutes? Same footage, just same, not as okay, clean. that's okay. Got it. Um, but I remember loving that match at that time because I'd never seen it before. I barely I was like, so loser leaves town, huh? And then I kind of figured out what was going on. And when uh, Fritz hits Gordy with the door, I was like, oh, that's amazing. I never knew that happened. I wasn't aware of that until I watched it uh, on that set. And I was like, that's yeah. some killer fucking storytelling right there. And they also did it right because it wasn't to help Kerry win. If he had done it to help Kerry win, that looks fucking weak. Uh, yeah. It would Kerry already was beating Hayes. This happened after, I think this happened after Kerry already won. And yeah. that's when the Fritz hits Gordy with the fucking cage. And that is perfect booking right there. You know, because you do it before it's over. Oh, I don't know. You do it after. Fuck you. And that's the exclamation point. Everyone remembers that's how it started. But, uh, yeah, so I love this match. Uh, but, uh, and, and again, fucking Buddy falling on his nuts on the top of that cage. I was like, oh, I, I'd forgotten about that until I rewatched that. And I, it, I still lost my shit. Um, if I can hit Bill Mercer, he's talking about the severity of this feud. How it, this is a feud of historic proportions. You know, it harkens back to the Martins and the McCoys. Again, he did it again. <laughs> the Martins and the McCoys. He made that mistake months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still he's, going with he's it. He's sticking with it. He's sticking with it. It's Martins, motherfucker. And, uh, then he also, <laughs> I, I love that someone's recording this in the back of a kitchen at a Denny's. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> two jobs are needed by some folks, I guess. Uh, and he, he gets this call. Is it Carrie's looking glassy-eyed? I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, you're gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> And Michael Hayes hits a bulldog, a flying bulldogger from Michael Hayes. Oh. Uh, uh, he goes, and now the man from Brad Street. Uh, uh, Bad Street. Brad, Are you, yeah. is it Brad Street? I, I have too much. My best friend is named Brad, and I have too many jokes that my head's going to explode about what Brad Street would be like. Uh, holy shit. I love this match. And, uh, I, I let this run just a little bit more because on, on the highlight show uh, this was on, you know, in 84, uh, they're doing the history of the feud and it goes into other stuff and how Michael Hayes comes back. And I'm not fucking spoiling anything here, okay? They do the old Santa Claus thing. And, of course, it, it it's not a full year. It's like, oh, you know, it, he hasn't been gone a full year. And they do the old Santa Claus thing. And apparently from what I saw, 
Hayes is out there dressed up as Santa Claus. Doing the whole, hey, kid, Santa Claus is out there. You know, he's giving out candy. <laughs> and this is on the, the Christmas Star Wars show. Yeah, he's out there and handing out you know, candy to the kids. But it looks like a riot is going on. There's a rush of motherfuckers running over to there. And someone's swinging something. And, because uh, and, apparently someone recognized that it was fucking Michael Hayes. And tried to rip his fucking fake beard off and shit. Mercer fucks up and he's like, was that Michael Hayes? I think that might be Michael Hayes. And then has to go back to is that when he does run in, when he comes in the ring after the Von Erichs beat Gordy and Roberts, Santa Claus comes in and raises the Von Erichs hand and they're all going to hand out candy together. So that's what happened. Someone said, that's fucking Michael Hayes. <laughs> Phil Mercer goes, I think that's Michael Hayes. And then pretended it wasn't Michael Hayes until Michael Hayes got in the ring of Santa and revealed himself as Michael Hayes. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I'd never seen that either. So it is the very next month he's back? Oh, no, no, no. It's like... No, no, he's uh, he's gone, but he's just doing an angle. He, he, loser can't ever wrestle again. He can't wrestle in Texas for a year. Right, but he... I know, but when does he do the Santa Claus? Yeah, the Santa Claus. At the Star Wars show, he gets involved in the tag match where, again... One of the free losing person uh, has to leave town with uh, it's, uh, Kevin and then uh, uh, Mike versus Terry and uh, Buddy. Yeah, so that's the next month. But yeah, he's not yeah. wrestling, so it no, that's an angle. Really, it's not a a violation of the. No, oh, I, I, the, way, the way I took it, the, the way it was introduced, it seemed like it was like six months later. So. Because it wouldn't yeah. have made some. Why would he have been Santa Claus in the summertime? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't thinking that far ahead. But it was Bill Mercer. Anyway, but no, the the the, the, the gimmick is that he can't wrestle again. Not that he can't be in the territory. Yeah, I just so. assumed yeah, he was gone. Harry lives in Texas, so he yeah, still be in Texas. Yeah. No, I just figured. Hey, by that, like, I figured Hayes literally packed his fucking car and drove to whatever next territory he was going to after this show. <laughs> Well, he probably is, but he's probably getting a payoff for a Christmas sellout. Um, and uh, yeah. doing this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, again, like I said, I thought this is one of the all time greatest blow off feuds matches. It's all action, it's hate filled. Uh, it, uh, it's worked like both guys hate the fuck out of each other. Super heated. Uh, crowds bananas for this thing, white hot. Love Carrie's revenge spot with the rap first. Hayes is using it. Then Carrie gets it back. Crowd went bonkers when uh, Hayes tested uh, the cage, tasted the cage. Carrie works the cut. I just love everything here. And I'll, we've already talked about the, you know, Gordy getting the cage, uh, getting the door slammed, Roberts' bump. Just great, great storytelling. Uh, I mean, this. Accumulation to have this finish bookend uh, their feud is just incredible and an easy four and a half star. I might even go four and three fourths. I thought this was perfect. Shows you don't need 20 minutes to tell the story. Uh, they told a beautiful story. Amen. What was your favorite match, Kelly? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the main event for sure. Even though we're missing the beginning, uh, it's it's like we've all said, it checks all the boxes. 
made perfect sense considering the the angle of the year before. Yeah, it's, yeah, you rarely get a big moment blow off like this um, where everything falls into place. So there was good stuff on the undercard. Adams and Garvin was good. The tag with the Super D's and JYD and Nice Man was good. Um, but yeah, this one's on another level for sure. What was your least favorite show match? Least favorite? Um, I wasn't too into Kamala and well, I guess Mike Von Erich and Akbar by default, but that was you know it wasn't supposed to be good or anything. Um, yeah, I guess it would be that one. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like those are both my calls. Um, I, I give the show an easy thumbs up because I mean I thought oh, yeah. the angles. I thought the angles paid off were great mm-hmm. when they did the angles. Um, I thought pretty much all the matches I thought were all good except for Mike and Akbar. And I mean, and like you said, I mean, there's just no way in hell that was going to be good. Um, but yeah, overall, and I thought the crowd was just great the whole entire night. Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. you, John? Where are you falling everything? Uh, the see, well, I, I could go on and on about the Carrie Hayes match. That, I think that's like one of the most like, like, oh, that's a transcendent match. Everyone needs to see that because of yeah, because it's the storytelling. It, it's everything that I like in wrestling. Like, like, what I find important in wrestling. I mean, you could, you know, he's like, oh, look at that technical masterpiece or what, whatever that fucking means. But like, what about this? This this fucking cage match with all this fucking hullabaloo around it, where everything is culminating a year's worth of storytelling. And just like no, that's perfect to me because that's what this is. It's fucking storytelling, and that's yep. masterful. That's a masterful telling of it. It's you know, it, it, that that's how you, how it's done. And then you can go from there because now then we get into all the sequels and the and everything else and how it ebbs and flows from there. And there, I mean, when they're when they're going into night, uh, the 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 first parade of champions, that's some hot shit. Still, there is still a lot of fire. You know, a lot of gas on that fire uh, at, at that mm-hmm. point. So, you know, this is that point. And then after then, you get your diminishing returns, I think. But I think the next go-around is still just as fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah good, good, good talk. John, you want to plug anything? Like an Arn Anderson plug? Uh, 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 just uh, why, uh, what, show plug? What, everyone listen to the Arn Anderson show about... Uh, 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 Starkey eighty five. Everyone who listens to the Jim Ross show uh, makes it should make a drinking game of every time Jim Ross uh, creates a straw man in an argument that's completely ridiculous and unnecessary, just so he can argue against it. Take a shot, and you'll be dead of alcohol poisoning at the end of each episode. It's 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 fucking hilarious. Uh, and otherwise, uh, tune into the other uh, PWO uh, podcast network uh, shows. Kelly, anything you want to mention? Any plugs? Uh, yeah, I do have uh, one thing or two things, I guess, uh, that I want to mention. Uh, since, you know, our original show was Titans of Wrestling way back now. Uh, it's been almost three years since we recorded one of those. Anyway, that was all about the old WWF days, the WWWF days. Mm-hmm. And a couple of uh, individuals from that era passed away recently that I thought I wanted to mention. First, uh, Rene Goulet, French-Canadian wrestler, who apparently died in May, and it just came out uh, a week or so ago. They just found him the other day, just a skeleton with a glove. 
There you go. I set you up for that one. Um, we didn't see a lot of Renee during the Titans footage from what I remember, but he was a mainstay off and on in New York for quite a few years. Um, of course, became like a comic jobber to the stars by the mid 80s doing the yeah, having the glove thing and was the Michael Jackson of the WWF for whatever reason. Um and then he was an agent afterwards and was always on TV breaking up brawls with Tony Gurria and Arnold Scullin and those guys. Wasn't he also a money guy at shows? The guy who went to the box office, got the money, and came back to the... the yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. and you gotta, I, and you, you got to be a bad motherfucker if that's your job. Yeah, and there's no footage of it, but or I don't think there is, but he had a good run in the South in the 70s as Sergeant Jock Goulet mm-hmm. and uh, in the AWA, too. So, And he was actually the first man to ever pin Ric Flair, um, which it maybe sounds impressive, but actually wasn't that impressive because, of course, Ric Flair was a jobber when he first started, and right. it was like Flair's second match or whatever. But still, uh, there's that. Um, the other man who passed away was Moondog Rex, yeah. Randy Colley, who we did see a fair bit of because we saw the whole run of the Moondogs uh, in eighty eighty one, managed by Lou Albano. Of course, it was originally Moondog Rex and Moondog King, <laughs> and then <laughs> King was ran over by a car and replaced by Moondog Spot, whose last uh, whose last name is Collie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rex's last name was Collie, but yeah. Whatever, there's a Collie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they had some fun matches with uh, Martel and Gurria. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty fun tag team. And they went to Memphis and had a pretty crazy feud with the Fabulous Ones. Oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite yeah. things ever. Yeah, that is. That, that stretcher match in particular is one of my favorite Memphis my matches. Favorite, it, it, it's one of real quick. It's one of my okay. Let me get my my memory of uh, him that I want to share. Then wow, that you brought that up uh, is uh, the PWI Lords of the Ring tape, which was all the highlights and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they had that. It was a fabulous ones uh, Moon Dogs match. It might have been the stretcher match, it was a, but they were using all kinds of weapons and shit. It was one with the they were having the straps and you know and Stan dives through the straps and they bonk heads. And then at one point the fabs get the bones and it, and start wailing on the moon dogs and uh, and you got this amazing Lance Russell call it's like the dogs have dropped the bones the fabs have got the bones they're going to turn on the moon dogs it's mayhem and then it cuts away and it's one of my favorite wrestling memories uh, I love that match yeah it was great stuff um, and of course Collie was the original Smash. In demolition that yeah. lasted, I think, one TV taping. Yeah, as soon as anyone, as soon as people saw, I mean, he was a big jacked, barrel chested dude, but you saw him in that fucking getup. He looked more ridiculous than the bass superstar looked in that fucking getup. You needed Barry <laughs> Darsall. No, you needed Barry Darsall uh, next to Bill Eadie in that outfit. <laughs> yeah, they, they did a lot of explaining of that uh, with their interviews and saying that. They just miscast him, as and everyone knew who he was. 
So it was like almost impossible to hide them in there uh, like that. Okay, no, so I never bought outfit. that. I never bought the whole. Oh, I don't buy that. That's Moon Dog Spot uh, excuse. I looked. I saw the picture. I was like, it might have been his idea, but mm, no. You 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 need someone who looks like Lord Humongous to dress up like a yeah. warrior. It just didn't work. Yeah. Anyway, rest in peace, uh, Renee and Rex. And um, yeah, that's my plugs. Well, all dogs go to heaven, so. There you go. <laughs> well, follow me on Twitter at Titans of Wrestling. Everyone have a great week. We'll see you back in a few months. Um, <laughs> if you have yeah. time, listen to, listen to old Johnny P and JB and I talk about Boogie Jam in 84 that just dropped the other day. Thanks. Yeah. Laters. My heart aches and troubles are just up and gone The moment that you come in view And with your hand in mine, dear, I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you across Texas with you in my arms walls across Texas with you like a story book ending I'm lost in your charms and I could walk across Texas with you